Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. There we go. Good evening, David. And thanks for that. We started it off on the right note tonight. I think yeah, things exactly. are going to go much better than the previous one. Uh, again, we have had an episode, a lost episode, because yes. we recorded one and it went into the annals of the internet uh, and did yes. not actually record at all. And it was just a whole thing. Uh, well, it recorded, but we got the echoes of everybody's voice um, after about three seconds after they said something. Which made it really confusing when I reviewed the tracks right away, and then I went back and reviewed them again, and I went, uh-oh. Um, so yep. I have found the issue. Um, I think I actually found the issue while we were doing it, and so now here we are. So if you didn't know, we are now live streaming and uh, recording video for the podcast. It is yep. uh, available. If you're a Patreon subscriber, you can watch the live stream as we're doing it. And yep. tonight will be the first night we're doing that. It's in the PGP... It's it's in the Practical Guitars podcast Patreon special group for benefits, um, which is basically just a place for us to put live streams. Those Um, for those who give us all of like fifty cents. Yeah, uh, we don't require much. I think the minimum is a dollar, right? Yeah, we don't require much for an investment, and uh, we take all comers. So if even if you want to give us money, just so we don't suck, you know, send us a thing says don't suck less. Like we'll be we'll yeah we'll be thrilled. That's constructive criticism, right? I'm Suck working. Less. Yeah, I'm working on camera positioning, folks. <laughs> well, everybody, <laughs> I, I know everybody understands that the the whole thing that's going on. The fact that I even own a webcam, I actually have two of these same lucky. ones. Uh, is yeah, is a blessing. So right now, this camera, which normally you could get for sixty, seventy dollars online, eighty, I think at the top, is now selling for over two hundred online. I should sell mine now, and then go cameraless again. <laughs> I could I could Skype with uh, – because I could always record this side of things with my um, – no, because we can't do it live. But anyway, um, if I could, <laughs> I could use my phone and then sell this thing for $200 so I can still get $200 out of it. Well, you can – so we we there are ways for us to do that, but that would be a whole other conversation. Yeah. Um, and I think right now we're doing it the best way we can. Yes, we are. So, We've had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I ordered a King of Tone. You, uh, you, yep. you received a pedal that I used to own. I did. It's um, on the board. It's, it's going to be heard tonight. You spent like eleven seconds playing with it yep. a, a few minutes ago, and uh, yeah. eleven great seconds. It's really, me, but yeah. I, I hey. took Steve's uh, Steve uh, Sam's uh, input, and uh, Sam Samuelson. No, <laughs> Sam Samuelson. You should have asked Everybody Ryan knows Burke. Sam in the group. Sam Steven. He's right. He's going by Sam Steven now. Yeah. You should have asked Ryan. He he liked on your post. Maybe you feel yeah. like a tool for selling it. I know. He, did he really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell him you st- you kept the stickers. Right? Hey, I heard uh, I heard a guest that's been on our show might be on his show soon. Oh, well, I can't say who, time. but I can't say who, but uh, it'll be a treat. I I'm actually looking forward to it to see how they handle it as opposed to how we handled it. And just see how that, because because you know I'm representing. I got my sixty cycle hum shirt on tonight, and uh, I think I have a, I have th- a plain old Walmart shirt. <laughs> I think they'll have a more interesting time with this guest if they have them. So, um, 
it will we'll have to wait and see if it actually pans out, and it probably will. Uh, little birdie in the in the uh, ethos says it probably will, and that's not a birdie inside my pedal either. Um, well, it's nice because they're in a, they're in an area where they can do that. We we aren't even in the same area. Apparently, so, I'm taping before this... a live studio audience this evening. I can hear my wife laughing in the background at my dumb jokes. Yeah. So. Well. Okay, so hopefully, hopefully when this is all over, you'll get to fly out here. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to. I'd really like to. Yeah. Um, and when this is all over, could be any stretch of time. Uh, if anybody's... Uh, We're opening our beaches Friday. It's funny when you look at the phrases that are like taboo in this whole situation. Like when this is all over... And the things that are like happen, those phrases are now getting used completely, like all the time, to refer to COVID as like this random thing out there in the ethos. Again, I think it's because, yeah, it it's become a trigger word, and I don't really want to be a, a, a negative Nancy person, you know. No, we've had we, we, <clears throat> we've had uh, here's our our number of uh, cases new, uh, three since things since... opened up, and that's that's with now free available testing. Um, in every city now in our area, we have available availability of testing um, in all of our cities. Uh, so my city has had three quote unquote new cases um, and zero deaths. Uh, and we've had one death in like well, over a month. So <clears throat> um, and I don't want to get into the, the thing on it, but I'm just saying that that we're doing all right in this area. It's good news. Yeah. Good news. I'm I'm happy for good news. Um, yeah, it's always nice to hear good news. That's why I'm trying to share it. Well, our, you know, our law look is pretty positive here right now too. Um, well, I I guess uh, so. King of Tone, like I mm-hmm. I was talking to uh, one of our show listeners the other day about it, and he kind of pointed out to me. I sent him a picture of my uh, my board, my current projected board, and uh, he said, you know, damn, that's a pretty exclusive board you got there. And I was thinking to myself as I'm looking at it, I it didn't it didn't happen this way on purpose. It wasn't like, hey, I'm gonna buy all the really really hard to get, very expensive pedals, um, and put them on my board. It just happened that that's the way it worked out. Um, and actually looking at it, like I have the Ethos Overdrive. That's like a you know, unobtainium expensive overdrive. I have. Um, well, I had a fifty-fifty, mm-hmm. so that was pretty unobtainium. Yep. Especially the black edition. There's only um, three of them. There's only three fifty-fifties for sale on Reverb, yeah, and they're, they're all not that many way days. over what I just paid. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why you have I, first. You have first call. Yeah, that's. Price. I'm getting the first buyback right. That's right. That's right. Um, so fifty-fifty. Um, I've had the Ethos course right, and I've got. Right now, what's the other exclusive pedal I have? There's something else I have on my board. Oh, the Sunface. Yeah. Those are all pedals that have been waitlisted at some time or another. And now I have the King of Tone coming. And it got me thinking, and, and I know we talked about this in the uh, the B version of this episode, which we'll never see the light of day thanks yeah. to you know audio issues, audio gremlins. Yep. Um, the B version would be that, um, you know exclusivity and like pedals and like pricing i think the king of tone right now if you're not on the list get on the list and just buy one because at the end of the day i think it's the safest investment in guitar like look at look at the clon those things were going for peanuts 
Yeah, they yeah. were like three hundred bucks, which was which was outrageous when they were when they were you know in their in the mid nineties. Yeah. But like now we don't bat an eye. It's paying two hundred and seventy five bucks for a pedal. No, so three hundred bucks for three hundred three hundred bucks for an overdrive. That's gonna only increase in value because the King of Tones is not gonna be around forever. The parts that are in it, I mean, they're only they're only gonna be available to be used. I, I my understanding is that Mike owns a lot of like all the stock of that part right um and that means that when it's done it's done and they won't be making anymore because he's a he's a stickler about that thing so i don't know um get one hang on to it what other pedal do you know that's currently in production that goes for almost double its value used yeah i mean that's unheard of um and you Um, can still get 50 50 well (laughs) debate debatable um, I don't. I wouldn't even consider that uh, like a like a um, production run pedal. But no, not really. Um, yeah, because they, they only get made every once in a while. Uh, yeah, and they're quite good. I'm, if you can get your hands on self, uh, your hands on a fifty fifty, I think you'll be pleasantly amused. They're they're a cool pedal. Um, I don't miss mine, but I fear that someday I might. Uh, which is why Jim has given me the exclusive rights to buy back that pedal. That's right. Um. <laughs> But yeah, no, I've got um, yeah, my board I guess is more exclusive than I had anticipated. I don't know how I feel about that. So um, Josh Scott has announced. Uh, I just figured while we're talking pedals, Josh oh, Scott announced the uh, Fuzz. Uh, what's he calling them? The 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 history of Fuzz. Um, and yeah. what it is is he's doing a line of pedals that go through the history of Fuzz, literally. <clears throat> so he's starting from the beginning, working his way up. Uh, starting from the old tone benders and uh, the fu- the early fuzz faces, um, and working his way into now. Um, and uh, I didn't look at the whole line. I know the one everybody wants is the tone bender. Yep. Um, and I kind of turned my nose up at a little bit only because there's a reason that tone bender clones are so damn expensive. And it's because the transistors simply don't exist anymore. Um, they're extremely rare, which is why Analog Man doesn't do tone benders. You can get um, so every once in a while you can get a sunbender, which is he'll build you one if you're you know if he likes you, and um, they're pretty incredible pedals. I've seen some I've seen some stuff you know, yeah. um, and uh, I know obviously like a sun face with tone bender transistors is not the same thing as a true tone bender, but right. um, it's a cool idea. And yeah. I would love to have a Mark II Town Bender. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not saying that I'm not a I'm not a fuzz fanatic or anything like that. They sounded good. Um, the good demos that I've that I've heard, yeah, have been really good. Uh, both um, oh, what's his name, uh, Redshaw and Andy, T- not Andy Timmons. Uh, who's the one that works for uh, Reverb? Andy, um, Andy from Andy from Pro Guitar Shop. Right, Andy, Andy Pro Guitar Shop. Who is and, now yeah, Andy, Andy from Pro Guitar Shop. Yeah, that's <laughs> he like his have middle a last name is From. His middle one. name is From, and then Pro Guitar Shop is his yeah. last name. <laughs> Andy Reverb Pro Guitar Shop. <laughs> now he's from anyway. Reverb.com. But. Yeah, curly-haired Andy. Uh, anyway, um, kept his Andy's got uh, um, a demo of all four of them up as well. 
and I'll be honest with you. I liked the sound of all four, but I'll be on. I'll be totally honest with you as, as well. I've loved the sound other people make with fuzzes, and I can. <laughs> I, and you it's what can. other people make with fuzzes, and I'm just about I, to leave it at that. I think I'm going to say something that's pretty taboo that people are really going to get pissed at. But I'm going to yeah, say go anyway. for it. Yeah. I think I don't people that. I think people that get into fuzz get into fuzz because they're good enough at guitar that they just don't care about anything else anymore. And it's like, how nasty and ugly can I make the guitar sound and do it like consistently? Because, you know, it's really easy to like get a fuzz pedal and play open chords and stuff. But I think it's pretty hard to get a fuzz pedal and like make it sing the way that, you know, people like Jimi Hendrix and stuff did. Jimmy, Jimmy, like when you listen to him, you don't really feel like the fuzz is like this um, noisemaker, you know? And um, I think with a lot of players, when they kick on a fuzz pedal, it sounds like a noisemaker. So that's that is what it is, right? I mean, take it or leave it. Yeah, the, uh, the Mark II, the whole tone bender thing. What's what's cool about that though, Jim, is that the tone bender is like a fuzz face that works really well with humbuckers, right? And um, and then not necessarily Mark One because the Mark One tone bender is basically a fuzz face. Um, but like the Mark II and the three are apparently, so I think the three is the only one I've had experience with. It yep. sounds like, you know, big, roaring, raucous, ridiculous fuzz with, with humbuckers. Right. And that's rare. Like there aren't a whole lot of pedals that do that. Right. Um, a lot of people who play hum, humbuckers use, uh, muffs because the muff is like a tighter, it's, yep. it, it, it's just more palatable to that pickup style. Like yeah. you, it doesn't thrive off the high end. It thrives off the mid range. In fact, one of the coolest sounds I found is um, running a muff into or a muff into or or a tube screamer into a muff, because it just accentuates the mid range characteristics that drive that fuzz. Yeah. And I know that everybody's like, "Well, the muff is a really scooped fuzz," and yeah, that's absolutely true. But that's scooped coming out the other end. What actually pushes the fuzz harder is the mid range coming in. So yeah. it's it's weird because most pedals seem to exaggerate off treble, like they seem to saturate based on the treble frequencies. Mm -hmm. The muff is a weird one because to me it seems to, like it really seems to like, like twenty five hundred hertz to thousand hertz, yep. and then everything else out, out you know outside of that is, is icing on the cake. And it does help shape the tone, but it doesn't push it doesn't push it into saturation as much. Yeah, I, yeah. So the the um. Uh, the one I liked best that that sounded really good with a with a um, humbucker was the Bender, and of course the Bender is the one that's just selling like hotcakes. It's you're already waitlisted on that if you oh, yeah. try it now. Yeah, and well, the other one I liked was the Supreme, the seventy two Univox Super Fuzz. I don't know anything about the Bender yet, but yep. I'm gonna guess it's not using the original transistors. Oh, I'm I guessing don't. it's using some sort of some. Either some sort of newfangled version of it, or yeah. they're using an alternative transistor, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but it's not. I mean, it's it's Bender esque, but it's not going to be original tone Bender, you know, from Mercari's music kind of deal. Um, which is why Rhett Scholl just bought one when he was in England. Yeah, he was. He bought one while he was over there, and it cost him more than most of our amps probably cost. So, yeah. and he said um, that. Mm -hmm. But he did a shootout with it, and while he admitted it's not exact, um, you know, does he prefer the JHS? No, he does not prefer the JHS. All right, good, because I, you know, his credibility's been like waning lately. He's done some things lately that I'm like, for real, dude. 
Uh, we didn't talk about this, but we need to. Since we're talking about pedals, let's spend a few minutes. Again, we're trying to keep these episodes under an hour, so we're going to try to try to fly from topic to topic. But um, did you know that Strymon released a new pedal? No. Yeah, they released oh. a boost compressor. Yep. Remember how much that was? <laughs> no. How much is it? It's 300 bucks. Oh, God. I, I saw it on a website because I – uh, one of my friends was uh, talking about they were reopening one of the mom and pops that I really liked in upstate New York that I used to go to called Parkway Music in Clifton Park. And um, really love those guys. Anyway, um, they they had a excellent, uh, um, you know, selection of stuff, which has dwindled, obviously, over this time of not being able to get a lot of new stock. And so... Long story short, that was the first thing that I saw on their page. I was like, "Oh, come on, really?" But yeah, so the pedal we're talking about is a Strymon Compadre. Yep. It is. It is uh, labeled as the Dual Voice Compressor and Boost. Yep. And on my second so, secondary screen here, I'm showing the uh, Compadre site over on uh, Sweetwater. Yep. And uh, here's why: like, this is just absolutely nuts to me. We have a $300 boost compressor. Now, $300 compressor, I mean, in the analog domain, that's not that's not unheard of. Which right. the Origin Effects makes the Cali 76, I think. That's a compressor that I would spend 300 bucks on. Now, that's a compressor for people who use compression all night long. And that is their primary thing is like compression, compression, compression. If you're yep. a country guy, you might buy one of those. Right. Um, might because I know a lot of country players actually don't use compression. So a whole yeah. other thing. Um, but I just look at this and I'm like, these are the two things I, that are on my board that I could put on my board that I would not want in a digital pedal at all. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense to me. Okay. You got a boost EQ. So the boost has an EQ like an EQ accentuation feature where you can boost it flat, mids, or treble. Yep. And it just seems crazy to me, like. Okay, fine. You can do that in a real boost. Why don't I buy a TC Electronic Spark? Was yeah. that like seven, 70 bucks, 60 bucks? Yep. And on the inside, it's a finger-sized enclosure, first off. It doesn't require crazy power. You open it up. There are switches inside to do the, the boost EQ thing. And you can get a really nice compressor. Yeah. And, and have both discreetly different on board, different foot switches, put them in different places yep. for half this i mean this is yeah. really a product for people who are in love with strymon yeah what is the the keely like a hundred and change yeah and you got that and don't the, you yeah i have that on my board it's a great and pedal the, um, isn't it yeah it's a great pedal and then of course the uh and you can use it as a boost or you can use a compressor mm-hmm. it doesn't matter but i'm just saying you can buy uh what is it a wampler uh Fote Becca, or not Fote Becca, uh, the, the Wampler, was it Squeezy Fuzz or whatever? Like, the, yeah. The, their compressor. There's and, a bunch of different compressors you can yeah, get that in the are really, really range. good for like the 100 to 150 bucks. Yeah. And um, why put, why make it so they always have to be next to each other? I'm not, look, I, I, I don't want people to think I'm downing uh, the guys that, that strive and they do a lot of really good stuff. I'm just saying that. I, I don't – now maybe does it have two outputs? Like you can use it as two pedals and you can – In, out, volume, and favorite slash MIDI. 
Okay, so no, it, do, it doesn't. So you cannot use this. You can use it as two pedals, but two pedals that are right there yep, next to They're them. sandwiched together, so you got to choose. So you never have the ability to like put the compressor in the beginning of your chain because that's how you want to run it or wherever in your chain. And then that boost at the end or somewhere in the um, in the uh, effects loop, you can't do now, I don't – I mean I'm not going to sit here and poo-poo it and say like it's going to sound no. awful or anything. Obviously, no, I use no, digital gear. No, no, I'm sure gear. it's going to sound awesome. I, I use digital gear, but it just seems like you lose a lot of flexibility by doing this. And I feel like there's really, really good options that are equivalent to this in price in the yep. analog domain. Yeah. Which this is the reason why the analog domain sells to me even right now, is yeah. because I don't have to worry about the price of an analog pedal dropping. It's not yeah. going to happen. Even when V two comes out, you take a five dollar hit. Right. It's not like when you know the next pod comes out and yours is and basically suddenly, yeah. basically worth nothing. Right. Um, right. The HD five hundred X will be gear. worth two hundred dollars tomorrow. <laughs> I sold digital gear of a previous generation and lost my shirt on it. Like that's that's why I won't do it anymore. I have to be really careful about what I buy. I bought the Kemper and I'm and like the whole time I've owned it I've kind of sat there and gone, was it worth it? You know, am I gonna lose my shirt when I sell it? Because it was a lot of money to put out. Um granted, I don't think I will, but it's still like lingering in the back of my mind. Am I gonna lose money on my Kemper when I sell it? Because at some point I will sell it. It's going to happen. Right. Um, that's that's inevitable. I the, the things that have stuck around in my life have like some sort of emotional significance. The Mesa Boogie Mark V. Like I got that when I bought my first place. Um, I it's like just various reasons, but also because I like the gear too. I mean, my S five hundred. We I've had that guitar like five six years. Basically, as long as I've been employed the place I'm at right now. And, uh, I, I mean, I've never fallen out of love with it. Like I still play it almost every day. Yeah. Other stuff, it just goes by the wayside and this digital stuff. Like I don't, I've never felt a kinship with this stuff. It's not like I had a Helix and I went, Ooh, I'm never going to sell my Helix. I'm always, I was always thinking like when Helix two comes out, you know, like yeah, <laughs> that, that, I, that, it's just digital equipment. It's always going to be better. The next version is going to be better. I've heard Period. on the, on the Helix two page that it's going to be awesome. Yeah, the uh, yeah. the Helix Squared is coming, man. Yep. Helix Squared. Helix it's Squared. Coming. It's Camper Green. It's Camper Green, and a touch screen, and it and it supports up to thirty two blocks per signal chain, and it now has eight signal chains. And it folds up into the back of your pocket. Well, four signal chains, but they can be doubled, so it's eight. Yeah. 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 It doesn't fold up in your pocket, <laughs> um, and and I've heard there's going to be a Helix Helix Squared Plus that has two controllers on it. Yep. Um. Yeah, and yeah. it'll it'll come with its own roadie because you'll need one to carry it. Yeah, and oh um, oh, of course the um uh, what's the small uh, the stop the, the stop, stop two is going he, to stop be squared. Stop yeah squared. stop squared is going to be um, small enough that you fit in your pocket. It's going to be like this big. That's that's the size of it, from what I understand. Yeah, but it's going to have eight buttons on it. Yeah, eight buttons. Eight buttons. The whole thing on is like this. everything's got to be doubled. Yep, like this big. Yep. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to figure out how to put your toes on those eight buttons. No, you're just going to put it on a stand and press it with your fingers while you're playing. Yes. <laughs> you didn't hear, Jim? That was did like the ever, whole goal. Did you ever see the, this? Um, I, I've never tried one, and I don't know if anybody's ever tried one. I'd be interested to hear what it sounded like. They had a, um, a pedal controller. You, had, you wore like a ring. So when you yes. played, it would The mini do, controller. Yeah. Um, 
the guy from Dragon Force uses it. Herman Lee. Does he? Yeah, he still uses it. Of course it. he does. Of course he does. Um, because he does some crazy Wawa stuff, and like, I've seen this thing where he does this, and like, flutters a wah pedal, and it's, it's just hilarious. It's all silly. for show. Yeah, it's. it's well, he was so he's a crazy guy gear wise too because he was using like um, Rocktron Chameleon or something when the Axe Effects was all the craze, and he was using a Rocktron Chameleon. Yep. Both him and the other guitar player in that band, Dragon Force. Yeah. We're using like these older, what I would consider to be out of date processors at one point. At one point. Yep. But uh, hey, I heard one of our one of our forum listeners is uh, our uh, gr- group listeners is uh, getting an FM three. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's coming. I'm gonna get with to the, play with one with the headphone jack. Yeah, he ordered the one with headphone jack too. Yep. Yeah. So. Um, we did the math actually on his request because this, this is Jeff. Um, we did the math on his request um, when he got the one for the with no headphone jack, and that was two months prior to, like two weeks ago. And then he now he just got his. Hey, we've got corrected ones available. Oh, so he can return it. No, he didn't get one of those. Oh, they he they, they were offering to sell those because they couldn't ship them back or whatever and then they were going to get new ones but they didn't have a timeline on that and they weren't guaranteeing anybody was going to get one so it just ended up being a thing and it it sure sounds to me like they soiled a lot of people's opinions because they burned through that second run real quick to get to like his part of the list which he's not on the first like the first tier or anything right so it, it it sure sounds like they screwed up and like now they're they're trying to make good on it because they because they lost sales, I don't know it's it's weird, um, I just I'm just tired of companies thinking that we get to finance their product like the Spark. Yeah, uh, we, we talked about that on the B episode too, but yeah, I keep forgetting that people weren't um, that weren't able to hear about that, but yeah, I. I know we're on two sides of the track on that one. I'm all right with the Spark being um, crowdfunded. I think that that keeps the pricing down. Um, I think that, uh, you know, when you look at the fact that you can get the Spark, if you don't care about the bag, which honestly some people won't care about, I want it I want it with the bag because I'm one of those completionist guys. But if you get it without the bag, it's $220. Yeah, it's not a lot of money. It's it's chump change. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, I spend that I when mean, I go to the steakhouse with the kids. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that time in my children's life. Yeah. Um, um, so we went for my I birthday on Sunday. And the spark is fine, and I guess the crowdfunding the way the way they handled it was different. Although I am a little frustrated with with um, them because they're an established company. It's not like they don't have capital. Right. It's not like they can't get investment. Yeah, but I think that, from either a I bank mean, or private yeah, investment. Yeah, I, I do. I, I agree with you, but you know they're stepping their toes into. Remember, their, their what was their last thing? The Positive Grid did the um the bias amp. The bias, right? That's and what I'm so, saying. They're not stepping their feet into anything. No, but, They've already done it. But it didn't really take off. Just kind of. It didn't take off because it was a terrible value. There you go. And so, uh, now we've got this thing is up against. Let's let's look at what it's up against. It's up against in the same pricing. Actually, a little more money. Uh, no, that's about the same price. Uh, you're in the um, uh, oh crap, <laughs> the katanas. Okay, you're up against the fenders, which are nowhere near as good, right? Um, 
you're up against uh, the THX. Okay, if you're if you're going to put them side by side feature wise, you're you're up against the THX. Okay, or the, the what is THR, the katana? Yeah, that, the THR. You mean the THR? I'm sorry, the THR by um, Yamaha. So, and you're up against the 30 watt THR, which is four hundred ninety nine dollars, right? So, if you look at what you get. Um, and what's the uh, katana has a version that that is up in that the price range, Air, which is which is Air. overpriced. It, which it's is a full one hundred and fifty bucks more than this. Yeah, and so if you look at that, what they've done is they've said, okay, we're cutting out the middleman, and we're only doing them on pre-orders. So once we get enough pre-orders, we make a batch, then we look for another set of pre-orders. So. It is made for the blues lawyer, let's face it. It's made for the person that wants to sit on their desk and want to do it. But that's what the THX is for, except for that guy you were telling me about um, when we recorded this the first time who brought one to a gig. I can't believe that. Or THR, yeah. I'm sorry. I keep calling it THX. I don't she, know why I'm seen stuck it more on. than once, actually. Yeah, or somebody would mark it. Um, which neither neither one of them, not the THR nor the positive grid, are really made for that kind of thing. It's made for practicing but having a decent sound. That's what it's well, for. Well, so to give you a little bit more context, they've made more than uh, more than just the spark and the bias head. So yep. they have the bias head. Yep. They have the bias rack. Yeah. They have a bias head processor, which I don't know what that means. Bias rack processor. They have the Bias Mini, and they have a guitar and bass version of that. Yeah. So they're not strangers to this anymore. They're not. That's why but... I'm like, this is really peculiar that we're going to enter this <laughs> THR market, and then we're going to make the consumer pay for the shipping and sourcing of the actual goods instead of us doing it first. But they're and not I just really think making I think money. the supply chain is not – the whole idea of like consumer-based supply chain is a problem. And yeah, and I I don't see it as bad. As long as you get your product in a reasonable amount of time. Now, what's reasonable? That's up to you as the consumer. I think they have to be very, very upfront about what the expectation there is in terms of timeliness. And we know that they were behind in the beginning. In the beginning. But they've been caught up and they've made their their numbers. And they're on what, the fifth? Did we figure out it was the fifth uh, release? Yeah, I think so. They're like the fourth or fifth run. Yeah, so uh, which is fine. I mean, if you want one, go get one. I, yeah, like, I might get. This is this I, is not something that. This is definitely not something that I think would be worth pulling the pulling rank on. But like when you hear about a product like Fractal having the problems they're having getting a product launch, that's absurd. And there's no characterization in the Fractal side of things that you know when this is going to be delivered, when you're going to get your pre-order, like how long the list is. Um, they're not even upfront about how many lists there actually are, which there's more than one. There's, I think we established over four of them. Um, and they have some shady stuff going on in their forums too. If you hang out there, which I, I know some people who do, um, if you hang out there enough, you'll see some stuff go down. That's like, wait a minute, your employee said this and now you're deleting his post. Um, and that's happened as recently as like a couple days ago. So um it's just it's really shady i think the people that that tend to buy that product are sort of like okay with it um it's a very sycophantic culture where anything that cliff does cliff is amazing uh cliff being the 
owner of Fractal. Cliff is amazing, and he can do no wrong. Je- and and you know what's funny is I think he has a lot of uh, cross pollination with Jeff Kiesel. Oh really? <laughs> Same guys. Yeah, really? Jeff Kiesel's amazing. <laughs> anything Jeff does is amazing, and anything that that uh, Cliff over at Fractal does is amazing too. Um, well, that's amazing. Yeah, does that surprise you though that they would attract the same same kinds of people? Well, let's face it. I don't care what world you live in. Uh, there is there are people who are sycophantic about it. Whether you're talking about cars, look at how many people have uh, Chevys where they're, they have a um, a little Calvin and Hobbes character peeing on a Ford, and then Fords that are peeing on Chevys, and then BMW. Which is hilarious hate, to me. BMW owners who hate um, uh, Mercedes, Mercedes owners who say well, BMW I hate sucks. Mercedes, but- I hate Mercedes not because they're good, because they're great. Like so, they're fun cars. They're very luxurious and they're fast. Yeah. But they they don't run every time you try to start them. <laughs> See, there there you go. There's a, there's another one. I know I know people who are who have been mechanics for Mercedes. Yep. And the joke was that they wouldn't buy one of their own car, one of like their company's cars, even though they could get them at like forty percent off or whatever. They wouldn't buy them. Well, junk. as I've said, I've been I've been thinking about getting a. Uh, um, Elon Musk, a Tesla. Tesla. Yeah. And see, everybody's like, you just want a Tesla because you want to be a sycophant. You want to be a... I'm like, no, I'm tired of freaking oil changes. I'm too freaking lazy to go get my oil changed. I'm not I'm not tired of... I'm not, I don't care about the other stuff. I'm sick and well, tired of... I just of, hope you don't have any problems because you will have to wait in line on a Tesla. And I'm not afraid to um, admit that I would buy a Tesla to support Elon Musk because if you've watched some of the things that Elon has been a part of and like... He's a major humanitarian. Yep. I mean, he may be a jerk, like some people have said he is. But yeah. let's let's be honest. Uh, given his situation, um, it's lonely at the top, yep. and uh, I think he really does actually care about doing some things that other people are just kind of like, we can't do this, and we're not we're we're not as a species able to do these things. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, and take, you know, I, I'm gonna buy a used one. I I couldn't afford a new one, um, but. I live in Virginia where you got to pay personal property tax. I'll be paying for that thing oh, yeah. every freaking year. So for the rest of your life. Uh, the common the, the the what do people call it the the um, communist wealth of Virginia. But oh, um, yeah, so everybody has everybody has stuff like that. You know, we have um, we are the People's Republic of Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody's got some New York has got stuff like that. I mean, I I've lived all over the place. I don't care. I've lived in Southern California. I've lived here. I've lived in Florida, New York. It's just, and I've been all over, all over this planet. We've I'll tell still you this. Got you live in Virginia, you live in Virginia and I'm not going to comment on Virginia's politics, but I have a hard time believing that they're as insane as, as they are here in Chicago and in the, in oh, the okay. Chicago land and the Illinois state area. I mean, we literally okay. have people saying they're going to defy the governor's executive order just on principle. Like there's no yeah. real reason for them to do it. They're just going to yeah. do it on principle. So, uh, yeah, this has been your political like... minute with the Franklin Guitarist podcast. Local politics. Local politics. That's right. And and, and now for further news and and weather coming up in five minutes. Um, right after this. So, uh, <laughs> guitars. What do you? T- <laughs> so anyway, I don't know if um uh, how well this will come out on this thing but I'm going to go ahead and this I got the 50-50 plugged in so yeah it's mess around with it for a minute let's see what hit it. Jim's going to try a new pedal live on air this is yeah this is the I've what do your settings look like do you know offhand uh, well they're in the group um, look at my pictures and then uh, let me see if I can find Sam, them real quick 
Sam shared them out. So it's kind of uh, right now. I'm using the uh, I'm using the left side. Uh, so I'm not sure if that's the asymmetric or the symmetrical, but. Uh, So that's the uh, that's the A side uh, or B side B side. I like it. Um, we were doing that earlier. Uh, you sound better than I did at it. I cannot yeah, play in a chair I, with arms, man. It's the braid. That's the yeah. Playing with the chair. What you don't see, folks, is there's a there's a thing right here in front of me that that's knocking my knuckle every time I do everything. Um, I'm going to have to reset things up. So I'm going to put the A side on now. Get that switched over. Uh, I see the sounds. All right. They're going uh, into the clean side of my Marshall here. Yeah, you can see it's it's a little bit... Uh, that's, that's a little bit, uh, little bit brighter. Um, it's a little bit uh, better on the neck pickup. That's that's really crunchy. So, question: um, Is that the right or the left side that you're running right now? That's the right side. Try with both. So now I'm going to put both on. Because I see his settings and I see what he's doing here. I'm 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 hip to his game. Oh. Never do that to your SG, folks. <laughs> No, no, yeah, don't don't follow Jim's example. Um, mine needed severe truss rod adjustments frequently because I did stuff like that all the time. So on the on the bridge pickup, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, I'm digging. I'm, it. I'm digging that a lot, a lot. I think I like it better with humbuckers than, uh, and I don't really have any humbucker guitars other than my seven string right now. So, and I could clean it up a little bit. On the on the neck pickup, clean that right up. That sounds good. Yeah, it's got a pretty good growl to it. I mean, it's coming over our Facebook or our YouTube Skype connection. What the hell, man? Um, oh, I know. And so I'm not getting like all the trouble and stuff. And I'm sure our audience is not going to get that either. But I yeah, I can definitely hear the characteristics of it. You got so what are you running clean right there through your Marshall? Yep, yep. Okay. The Marshall's on a clean, on the clean channel. So all your grit's coming out of that. Yeah, the gain on the Marshall's about six, um, and uh, everything except for the bass. I put the bass up high on my Marshall. I just like to get it cranky in the Marshall. Just yeah, I just just a pretty bright pedal too, and I think part of it is like I, uh, I have a I have a severe sensitivity to treble frequencies. And so if it doesn't, if it doesn't do exactly what I want it to, it usually ends up on the block. 
I think that's part of the reason why I was like not enamored with it. But I did use it quite a bit. Um, when I first got it, I used it for about a month or two, uh, pretty heavily, and then kind of tapered off. And I think part of that had to do was I got the um, I got the Kemper right around the time that I got that. So, oh yeah, and I wasn't and using you, the board. You got to think about, um, yeah, that that wouldn't that wouldn't really be something to use together. But more more than that, um, like you said. Humbucker sounds really good. Grabbing that, grabbing that S500, man. I love that guitar, by the way. Love that guitar. Make a deal. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I the only thing I don't like about it is it has a heel, and I yeah. hate heels. And I'm getting to the point where I'm just like hitting it all the time, and it's get this will become my vintage guitar, and then I'll get the one with no heel, and that'll yep. be my modern guitar. Yeah. So, um, but actually, Jim and I were talking. We want to start incorporating more playing into the show. And uh, this week, actually, the whole genesis of this episode in conversation was really, how do we do that? Yep. And um, I thought the first thing to do is uh, just talk about stuff that we've talked about on the show before. But one of the things I wanted to talk about was double stops. Because I don't hear enough of them anymore. Yeah. So I'm going to do some double stop demonstrations, some different ideas and motifs that you can think about. And I'll try to play them fast, and I will try to play them slow. And uh, I will try to play them slow enough that you can pick them out by ear. And the reason I want you to pick them out by ear rather than by what I'm doing is because you, everyone needs ear training. Yeah. So you can get an idea. I'll tell you where I start. So my pinky is on the uh, seventh fret or the eighth fret, and my index finger is on the fifth fret on the B and G strings, and then you have to figure the rest out. That's a minor second, by the way. And it's a really nasty sound. Like a like a ring mod, right? All right, so here's a lick, right? And then you can add some vibrato and kind of bend it in tune and do some cool stuff that way too. And I was debating on whether I should learn to play the Batman theme with it, because I think it would be really funny if you harmonize the, you know, the old 50s Batman music with, you know, the uh, minor second. So the cool part about that, um, we're taking advantage of the fact that the B and the G string have like a funky tuning compared to the rest of the guitar that's tuned in fifths, um, because you can, you can actually do this a lot more easily on that string, but you can also do it on your E and V string. But you have to move your pinky up one fret. So you're doing it, so your pinky's on like the uh, ninth fret, and your index finger would be on the fifth fret, and this would be in the key of A. And that's a minor second. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it's For some cool reason I when couldn't you need... think of here, but hear like a Christmas song with that. So I've used it in songs, like doing things like that, that picking part, you know. But, you know, my music is, it can get pretty, like, 
nasty sounding. And at this point, everybody's probably offended and shut off the podcast because it's such an annoying sound to hear. But um, it's fun to throw in every once in a while. Everybody, when they hear it the first time, like especially in a live venue, they look at you like you're insane. Like, what is he doing? And then you do it twice, and then they realize that he meant to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so the other thing I like to do is I use a lot of fourths, like fourth harmony. Um So, in this case, we're doing um, a minor, I guess that's a minor, that's a, yeah, it's a, that's a major third. So, um, we're going to do a major third, and then lead into a fourth. So, and then we'll start off with all four, so it'll be down here. So... And you can do power chords and all kinds of stuff to go along with it. But the whole idea is to use these these fours because you're really just playing a bar for everything you do. And you can take your regular single licks and add on a, a, a note, basically, that, that bars it above. And for most notes, it works out pretty well. And you'll learn really quick which ones to avoid if you use your ears. And it's a good part of ear training to develop this whole idea of using double stops because you can hear right. when things are out of tune or atonal and avoid them so or the use them is like, to your advantage yeah like i do because that's that's basically like a big component of my style is being unafraid to venture into enharmonic territory right um i mean um so i'm trying to think like you can get into doing conventional harmony with them too um i don't have well um i don't know if i can remember it so let's try it <laughs> So that's using like conventional harmony, like thirds and thirds, um, by the, both minor and major. But it's but that's part of um, that's basically the harmony part for um, the name of the song escapes me right now, and it's so bad because I should know this one. Whipping post. So, yeah. And it's a combination of um, major thirds, so a major third with a slide. And then a fourth. Actually, that's probably another major third. And then, you know, the, the ending is, of course, another major third slide. But um, they use a lot of hexatonic uh, harmony in that band. So it's kind of hard to, to, like, to translate all their harmony over to double stops. It can be done. Um, and that's a cool way to, like, approach it is to find slower harmonies in music and then to convert them over to a single guitar part. And it takes a lot of work, but if you can do it, it's worth it. It's rewarding because you'll be able to do something a lot of people can't, which is to play the two guitar parts at once. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure you've done some of that, Jim. Um, You're doing that sixth thing that you were doing the other day. Oh, yeah, the sixth. So... A 
learn your sixes because that's another really really common double stop that gets used a lot um that sounds really cool if you can do it right and if you can play around with going between major and minor so the way that i do my sixes is i know what my scale is you know so like for example i'm going to play in a minor scale so i know my next note is going to be that one and then i know the next note And there's a lot of other valid notes you can play, because I like to use this color tone when I'm playing in a major or in a minor scale. So most people, you know, that's kind of what your minor scale sounds like. But I use this color tone a lot. This, which doesn't fit. And so what I like to do is I'll, um, when I'm doing my sixes, you know, or actually we'll do minor again. So it gives me another thing to play off of, and I can alternate between sixes and, and uh, other intervals too as part of that. So, but I, you know, sixes are something you like if you're going to play them in a tune. It really helps because you're not used to using the string skip as part of your interval yep. to know exactly what they're going to be when you're playing it. It's not something I use as much improvisationally, although I do. Um, the other component of that is understanding how to play it. So you'll watch this hand, like a lot of times. I try to pick higher up so you guys can see it. But like I'll use my my uh, this finger to actually pick it. Or I'll or I'll mute the string in between. And if, especially if you want to get it ugly and like make a nasty sound, that's. I'll actually I want that that note in the middle you know that just kind of sits there and doesn't really do anything um, cool stuff all, all of them you know like I want to get into some of the some of the other stuff that we we um, we talk about on the show like some of the other licks and stuff we do I'm not going to do them right now we did when we did the B episode it was two hours long and um, yeah. we ran through a bunch of extra stuff and while I could show you everything uh, I think it's better to kind of like space it out so we have more content yeah. and also so that it's, it's more fun and challenging for listeners to try and keep up. Yeah, so we'll uh, try to do some screen Not skipping. that I'm good or anything. I expect to see videos of people in the group like, yeah, I'm better at this than you are and I, yeah. I totally know you are. Um, yeah. And that's fine. That's <laughs> great. Yeah, uh, um, so I was working on string skipping t- uh, today, so we'll do that next time. Um, string skipping? What do you, what do you s- skip strings for? You don't need to skip strings. Talk about. <laughs> Not a single string skipped. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I'm just trying to talk about the breaking out of the box thing for for the people that use the box. You know the the pedal. Oh sure, sure. You know it's good stuff, man. I like. Uh, you know, <laughs> just. Yeah. Learn all your box patterns and then forget about them because you don't need them anymore. Uh, or just learn to use your ears and think intervals, which is apparently what a lot of really great guitar players do. Yeah. Um, they don't necessarily know the scales. They know the intervals. Right. So, And if you think about it, you only have to memorize a few. There's only seven. And <laughs> Well, there's 12 I mean, intervals. Well, there's 12 intervals, but there's only 
When I think diatonically, I think there's only seven. Yeah, twelve intervals. 12... Yeah, yeah. So in a diatonic, yeah, because most most Western music you're gonna run into is gonna have twelve intervals in it. Right. Um, actually, I should since we talked about the weirdness of the B and G string, there is one thing I can share. Yeah. Um, so if you've never experimented with home, whole tone, the B and the G string is the perfect place to approach this. Yeah. So normally, you know, it'd be. Uh, there's a lot more lateral motion, you know, to play like a four note sequence in, in a kind of melodic, uh, what do they call it? A whole tone in a whole tone way. But if yep. you do it on the B and a G, it's a very, um, atonal thing to do, but, uh, I use it a lot, actually, and in certain situations, I found myself in recently, it's been really useful to know that and the half-diminished scale, so yeah. that's something we can talk about later, too, but um, yeah, so there's a lot of sneak preview stuff. We're going to show you some more stuff later, for sure. So, Jim, we're, we're at 52 minutes. I'm taking my guitar off. If you got something you want to show, go for it. Oh, no. No, I'm fine. I'm, I'm going to do the skin string skipping thing next week. I... You know, like again, I, I'm, guys. There's a, there's literally a piece of wood right here, and unfortunately, I'm like at the, I've got this thing tethering me. I think that's the issue. So I'm gonna have well, to. Well, I've been debating on putting a second cord. microphone behind. I've been debating about putting a second microphone behind me and a yeah. stool to sit on. Look at my cat. She's in a cone. Did she just put her head in a cone? She's in a cone. No, she's in a cone because she's been, she's been really nervous and she's been oh, um, and scratching herself, licking herself, huh? licking herself yeah. really bad that like cleaning off the fur and yep. borderline giving herself infections and stuff. So we put her in right. a cone and she's so, she does not like it. She's miserable. Oh, poor she's like, well, well, she's okay, but she's like the cone's heavy and you can tell she like rested on the floor. And then when she walks around, she just kind of, her head goes yeah. from side to side. Cause it's like, <laughs> I don't know where the cone is taking me. Um, <laughs> when we first put it on her, it was compressing her whiskers too much though. And she was like totally disoriented and started having like panic attack. And it was, yeah. Don't rip. You know, I hear about people cutting off their cat's whiskers. You people are awful human beings. Don't do that. That's terrible. That's like cutting off a tongue. Seriously. Yeah. That's yeah. how they find their way around. <laughs> yes, yeah, it is. It's really I'm messed sorry. up, Jim. Yeah, it is. What? It, what you, you're playing your SG, right? Yeah. Tell the audience about it. What? What year is it? So this is a new one. This is a 2019. Uh, you know, when when Gibson first went to the new, we're only making standards and we're only making the 61s um, type things. So this is a standard. It's got the um, the deeper neck heel, which I like. Um, the body joins up here. That what is that? The 18th fret. Uh, mm -hmm. And. Uh, mm -hmm. It's got a nice stable tone. Um, it's got the 490, the 498s uh, in it. Okay. Uh, this one, the neck pickup is barn burner. Um, a couple of friends really of mine, hot. yeah, a couple of friends of mine have played it, and they said, "Jim, that neck pickup," which is, I mean, if you look, this thing is like right down flat, and it's still a barn burner. I mean, this thing, it's a, it's a smoking. I see. That's the thing. I don't want a hot neck pickup. Yeah, I, I do. want. I want I like my it. neck pickup to be quiet. I, I can always back it off. 
you yeah. know? Oh, well, you get the four, you get the four controls, so I guess Sonny Gibson's mm -hmm. not as big an issue. And that's the other thing about the, the, um, uh, the guitar is that, that they did, you know how they said, oh, well, we've got it where, um, uh, the the controls actually matter all the way through, so you can hear like if I go. Yeah, it's because they put a they put a uh, logarithmic pot in it. Yeah, versus a, the old what is it non tapered or whatever. Linear. Yeah, yeah. So that's there. I like that. Um, but it's got a it, it's got a weaker bridge pickup, which is interesting. Which is. Which is really. I fun. wonder if it. I wonder if it's a mistake, Jim. It might be because usually and, your neck pickup is hot and your bridge yeah, pickup have, is weak. I have or little, vice versa. I mean. Yeah, they got the R and the T backwards. Uh, always a possibility, but what I what I like about that is actually it makes for that you know that Angus Young thing that uh, I was playing. Uh, um, I, I was playing um, Angus Young last night. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, you know, that thing, yeah. but, uh, I was showing my son, um, the, uh, oh, what is it? Um, let there be rock, which I want to play around with a little bit. And, um, I got to play, play that last night while he just did the rhythm for me. So right. it was fun. I, I'm kind of looking forward to, you know, jamming with him. Um, having my kid playing with me, um, we did comfortably numb last night. That was fun. Did the outro? Yeah, dude. Like that's the see. That's my my goal. I want at least one of my kids to be into music, so I can just have like uh, an in-house band. Yeah, it's not happened yet. I don't know how exactly I make this happen, but um, my daughter's pretty into music. She's playing violin. She's got an electric guitar. She's been picking it up and playing it more. Um, she's got the keyboard actually that's next to me belongs to her. I just hooked it up in here so she'd have a place to play it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, I would love for, to be able to sit down with my kids and play and, you know, teach them and do that whole thing. I actually don't want to teach them as much as just show them my knowledge. I think that stu kids like who are learning an instrument definitely respond better to a teacher yeah. because the teacher has a different authority level. You know, they, they, they're too friendly with, with parents to um, take it seriously when somebody says practice or I'll kill you. Um, yep. I yeah. just don't, I, I, you know, I practice what I want to. So, and I always did, even as a kid, I would James practice. Like, I do what I want. I do what I want. Then I want to do it. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, I have a new pop. I'm sitting here looking at my shipping information right here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have a new pop arriving. I can't wait to show it to everybody. Are you but, kidding uh, me? But let's just say Blue Oyster Cult has something to do with this new pop. Oh, my so, gosh. So, yeah. I have the Rush Pops, and I have the Metallica Pops, um, and I have a Weird Al Pop. This one, I'll learn, I'll, I'll play the um, – when I get it, when, when we open the episode that week, I'll play the um, intro – for the song. And everybody's going to go, oh, I know what pop that is. Everybody's going to know it right away. And I'll just give the hint that it's Blue Oyster Cult song. I absolutely love the fact that we're video podcasting now because people can see the expression <laughs> on my face when you say stuff like this to me. <laughs> and I'm just like, how much money do you have that you can waste money on these sorts of things? Um, <laughs> it's I, I don't pay – I probably pay less for my mortgage than you do um, – because you got a condo, I would, right? Well, yeah, Jim, but I only paid $50,000 for my place. Yeah. 
So I don't That's know. That's not bad. Now, really? I, 50 grand is, for it? I paid less than that, actually. Wow. Um, that's what they wanted me to pay. And then I got rent abatement on top of that and other things. So oh, I nice. Ended up, I ended oh, you up, might I did, not I, pay. I've been here like four or five years. I only owe like $33,000 or something. Wow. Now, what's yeah, the, so. what's the um, sale uh, price for that place? Um, quite a bit more. I have I have over $50,000 in equity. Oh, way over fifty thousand dollars in equity. Now that I think about oh. it, like way over, because we we got a deal on this place. It's basically what it was. They didn't want to own it anymore, and they just wanted their money back out of it. And they'd been renting to us, and we were good renters, so they just said, "We'll give it to you over what we paid for it, pretty much." Oh, and that's how you got the rent abatement. <laughs> oh mm-hmm. yeah, nice. So you had it a little money in it, right when yep. you started. That's well, we cool. didn't. So that wasn't a part of our lease or anything. They did that to be nice to us. My house, the um, I lived. I lived in a log cabin up the street. A lot of people might remember some of the videos I've done or some of the pictures from a log cabin. Um, and when I started the show, when we started the show, um, I was living in that log cabin. And uh, I moved here, and I was lucky uh, enough to get it because um, the price was uh, the price was right. Let's just say that I paid almost half of the value of most houses in this area. Uh, so when I jumped in, I jumped on it. Now there, you know, does that mean that my house would go for double? Probably not, but no, I, I mean, I've got who knows it. At the end of the, who knows at the end of COVID? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, a mortgage of 800 bucks a month, I can't complain. Yeah. My mortgage is far less than that. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, I couldn't probably get close to you at the, that point. But yeah. hopefully with this new thing that's coming down, everybody wish me luck, please. Um, I'll be able to double pay my mortgage and pay my house off in a few years. So Sounds good. That's, All right. That's uh, with, our, with our mortgage advice, I've been David. Yeah, I've been Jim. And tonight we've been the Practical Video Podcast. With weather reports. With weather reports and, <laughs> and all sorts of other fun. Political reports. Yeah, the practical political guitarists? I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know at this point.